Well, well, well. Okay, yeah, no, I'm done with that. Anywho, uh, sorry, let me get comfortable in my chair. Uh, there we go. What is it? Nine o'clock? Nine oh nine? Nine oh nine, and it is the 23rd of February? Golly, 23rd of February. We're almost done with the second month, so. Well, that just means we have to do what we've done so far this year five more times and we'll be done in terms of time duration, I guess. Um, I swear, I, I swear, I never have to burp, never have to cough, sneeze, yawn, do anything until I have to start recording. And then the second I start recording, my body's just like, let's make this difficult for him. See, even that breath was just way too much, but this whole little like pop filter I have, that yeah, dude, that thing is amazing because without it, the the noise is horrible and all that. Well, anywho, of course we have we have the best background no, noise known to man, uh, street noise because we live by the street. But uh, we are here with what? What did I call the last episode? Gentlemen and Jackasses Part Two. Yes, there we go. Uh, the name might still be controversial, but it it's just a word that I'm trying to use. It, it just sounds catchy, and I feel like. It's an accurate description, to a degree, in the terms of accurate mascu- or uh, toxic masculinity, which can be a thing. Um, but I feel like in the terms of toxic masculinity, we sort of kind of get the wrong perception. I feel like toxic masculinity isn't really masculinity at all. But uh, let's, I guess let's dive into that. So, last week, I was differentiating between what a real man is, what a real man is supposed to do, how a real man is supposed to act, versus how the opposite, the the metaphorical jackass, the toxic toxic masculine man, I, I don't really know what we're going to call him, besides what I've already named him, but the guy that is prideful, that's kept up in his own ways, that lives this life of either arrogance in one form or another, or is just, I don't know, the opposite of fearful and self-doubting and holds a victimizing mindset. Either way, I'm going to do my best, as I have been for the past almost 19 years of my life. What, I have like five, 15, I have 20 more, to, I have less than three weeks until I'm 19. So within just about the past 19 years of my life, I've somehow learn to become some sort of description of a man. I guess it's kind of a subjective term to a degree of what a man is. And I don't mean in the sense of like the gender. I just mean like a man that is uh, after God's own heart, a man that is holding a responsibility um, and taking the obligation of what comes with being a man. Because I feel like you can be a man, right? You can have the XY chromosome. You can have those genes. Uh, denim jeans. No, that was a joke. Haha. <laughs> um, or you can, but you can still, or I guess, yeah, not or, but, but, but you can still neglect those responsibilities. You can still neglect the actions that are to be taken in order to sort of, I guess, give you almost like a rite of passage, but it's not really just a one-time event like a rite of passage would be like a bar mitzvah or whatever. Um, I don't know really much about bar mitzvahs because, I'm not Jewish, but that's besides the point. Um, I'm just talking about what a man should do. What a man, I think, should be chasing after. What a man should be willing to do. What a man... What are like? What are the defining characteristics of being a man with proper masculinity? Um, I guess I might have... I don't really remember too much of what I talked about last week, so I'm trying not to be repetitive. I mean, I have, like, a basis of what I gave. It was kind of like an introduction, but it was also really late, and now it's a little bit earlier, so I have a lot more thinking, energy, and, I guess, kind of mobility and agility in there. Like, I can sort of hop over the hurdles that I... that, I guess, thinking brings. Thinking is dangerous. Thinking is very dangerous, if we couldn't think, then we couldn't do, like, anything. But if you can't do anything, then you're fine. Because if nothing does anything, then, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, there's just nothing at all, really. I mean, you couldn't have had, I guess, you couldn't have had Christ dying on the cross if you couldn't think. But you also couldn't have had the Holocaust. So, it's kind of a 
funny broad span spectrum and well once again we're going down rabbit holes rabbit holes but or rabbit was it rabbit trails rabbit holes you get the point well goose chases anywho what is a man what is what is that absolute chad the the man that everybody you know the guys aspire to be and all the women want to chase what should a woman like look for in a man i got a comment that i should start like a relationship or dating advice like segment or just become some sort of talk show i could just be the next i don't know like dr phil give people relationship advice i, I would never do that though uh i will however judge everybody's relationship choices uh within a a, a simple humble what's the word uh discerning what's the word uh helpful advising advising manner like i'm not just gonna go around pointing out anything that everybody does wrong like judging doesn't just mean that you're picking out all the bad you're also picking out the good that's what judging is like you have judges they like give you scores and sports and stuff like if a judge gives you a perfect 10 that doesn't mean that he's not judging you like he's still judging you or they're still judging you they're just judging you and what they saw was positive but i don't judge in the fact of i don't what's the word convict no i don't execute judgment as in i don't put a label and i don't put a a consequence i don't add the consequence to people's actions that's not my place that's god's place i can't put an action in place that like hinders or helps someone i can just influence and advise people to the best of their abilities so within that yeah what is a man what's a man a man is this and what I mean by what is a man, once again, is just how how perfect of a man can we create? How perfect of a man can we strive to be? Um, I feel that a man should be strong. And now we are going to break down the different levels of what strong is defined as. And of course, there's being physically strong, um, being able to lift heavy things, I guess. Uh, but also kind of, I guess, being physically durable. You should be able to keep up just with everyday life. I'm not, I honestly don't think working out should be an essential thing. Um, because if you think about it, working out just as in going to the gym or going like deliberate exercises just to keep yourself healthy or to train for something, th that's not a necessity in life. Um, we used to not have to do that at all. That used to be just a thing that everybody did because we didn't have all the convenience in in the world we didn't have all the fast food we didn't have all the vehicles the heavy machinery everything was done by hand so everybody was just it was all pure functional strength like i feel like the men now versus the men 100 years ago those those men 100 years ago had nothing in comparison to what we have today so the calluses on their hands must have been enormous and I'm almost envy them because uh, calluses are like one of my most favorite things to have externally um they're they're the grip of their handshakes ah if there's one thing I like to do if my favorite thing in the world right now is really just giving handshakes because I've just now built the habit of giving a really good firm handshake and I feel like your handshake is the defining placement of your introduction because i think it takes what six six to eight seconds to build or to give someone a first impression and that's where they're going to pretty much just define who you are is how you do it so a part of that is i want someone to know that like i can give a firm handshake because i feel that shows capability and once again a man's like purpose more or less or their best defining characteristic is strength and that strength is because of capability that's what a man is admired for is his, oh, excuse me. Uh, his strength and his capability because we want men to be capable because we need society pro to progress and we require capability in order to have that obviously <clears throat> oh my gosh anywho as i was saying so a handshake like is just absolutely amazing but going back to my original point um working now is just it's what we do now to almost reach like a bare minimum like we have to work out in order to keep in shape now more than anybody did 100 years ago like gyms weren't a thing 100 years ago 
no one had like if, if there was a gym it was for a specific sport and it was a training facility for something but even sports weren't big like they are now like there was no like the, i think the nfl just had its 100th anniversary like within the past few years but like that that was nothing in comparison to what it is now where people are getting paid millions of dollars and it's a multi-billion dollar industry just on someone's athletic performance in a way to entertain people but they didn't have that back then i mean of course there was like it was i feel like everything then was just all natural talents you already had whether it was just being well-rounded in strength and what is it called court coordination uh abilities that just most people or maybe people just didn't really focus on as much at the time so they probably had some sort of training obviously but there wasn't it wasn't to the extent that it is now where you have all this medical machinery to like evaluate where everybody needs to be and how their physical and mental and everything health is so that they can perform to the best of their ability uh but that's just in the world of sports like besides that there was nothing like you just everybody just so happened to be healthy and strong because their job required them to be healthy and strong. So the more they did it, the stronger their bodies became and the healthier they would become unless there was some sort of reason, sort of like some sort of external force that caused them to not be healthy as in terms of being sick. But you see the pictures of the guys up on the skyscrapers when building like the Empire State Building. You see all the miners as in the ones in like mines, not children, uh, which was obvious, but I guess I'm pointing things out. Now I'm pointing out that I'm pointing things out and the loop continues, but you had lumberjacks and you had what you had, I guess military members are probably still about where they are, but no, even they aren't because we're in peacetime right now, it, more or less. I mean, like, everything's kind of mental nowadays, but like, what what war are we fighting? Like, there's no World War One, Two, Vietnam, Korean War. What what was the last thing we had? What, what was it like Desert Sandstorm or what was it? no Desert Sandstorm, Desert Storm, Desert Storm? Goodness gracious, I'm tired. Sorry. We had that. We had like Operation Iraq Freedom. We had all these little things, but we haven't had anything big. Like, I'm not saying I want war. I don't want war. War is a horrible thing, but eventually it's it's inevitable for it to come. Like, where's World War Three? I mean, I'd rather just. If it's coming, I'd rather get it done now, but at the same time, we don't have any, we don't have nearly the capability we would have because of how weak men have become, just how weak people have become, but men are supposed to be the leaders, men are supposed to be the biggest influence everybody has, and we're just entirely failing at that with this whole be accepting of everything, and don't hurt other people's feelings, and be, uh, what's it, what's the word, be tolerant you don't have to be tolerant you don't have to be accepting that's not something that we should obligate because there's way too many wrong things out there that you have to be discerning of and whether to tolerate i'm not saying have a loose temper i'm not saying lose it quickly you know i'm not saying go around just calling everything out every five seconds and being this person that no one likes and not being kind anymore not showing love but that's where versatility of a man needs to come in and where the capability of having a mindset that's like have have mercy towards others and be protecting of others but with the thought and the awareness that there is way too much evil out there to just stand by and let it happen like we don't have so which is going back to the point of like the war which is we don't have the capability we did back then because we've grown to the point of where everything has to be tolerant of everybody's choices and if you don't then everybody sees you as wrong and it's just this worldly thing that everybody has to be accepting you don't have to be accepting the bible never says to be accepting of what other people say or to agree with them there's there you can still be wrong you can tell someone they're wrong within love it's the speaking the truth in love kind of thing like it doesn't take but five seconds i mean yeah it might take you know a pair between your legs to go out and call something out, but go ahead and just do so. Be be a man, which once again I'm talking to apparently a majority female audience. Which I, I also I've seen like these new statistics on the 
like whole Spotify anchor thing. So I can see that I have, I have 34 followers on this podcast, which is pretty cool. I, I got to say that's, that's a decent number. I'm somewhat proud of myself. I thank God for that. It gives me a more of a platform to talk about stuff like this, but going back to what I was saying, um, we, we need more masculinity in the sense of that traditional, that traditional strength, but it takes a lot more than just strength. You need to, you need to learn masculinity. You need to learn strength. You need to learn how to be a monster. And then you need to learn how to control that monster. You need to learn just what your full capacity is as a man, because as a man, you're going to be innately stronger than a woman as in physically uh because men and women are built differently they're able to do things that men can't do and men are able to do things that they can't do uh or we we are able to do things they can't do and they aren't you you get the point but we need to exercise that but we also need to exercise it with self-control but we need once again going back to the war thing because i forgot to finish the topic but we need something like that that forces everybody to learn where they are and learn what they're capable of and learn how to be capable of it and entirely just lose this mentality, this victimization mentality that everyone has and I'm sick and tired of it. And we need to lose the mentality of where we need to be accepting of everything and we can't hurt people's feelings because guess what? Life sucks. Life is absolutely miserable in every sense. That's because sin has corrupted the world. Good job. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We both suck. We've now made life suck. So what are we going to do? We're going to try and make it as good as possible. We're going to try and make it as glorifying to God as possible. Life is miserable. Now you just have to find out how to make it less miserable. And as least miserable you can, like you can cause you need to make it as bearable as possible so that you could thrive but how are you going to make it bearable how are you going to make it seem easier because life doesn't get easier you just get tougher or it'll get harder because you become weaker so what you need to learn to do is to learn to do hard things especially guys like you're supposed to be leaders you're supposed to be tough you're supposed to know what to do and when you don't know what to do what can you do you can turn to god god's like god's there for you stop acting like you don't have that as an option like man up and become humble like i know the whole man up term is supposed to be on like both sides of like the the feminists say like that men should be weak and submissive and should be so in touch with their emotions which is funny because then they'll go up and say that you know, you need a man up and toughen up and like they'll, they'll say one thing and then do another. But then the other side is like, we should stop telling men, like we need to worry about men's mental health. And to a degree, I say, yes, there's a lot that probably men go through, uh, myself, I guess, included, um, just in a day to day life of how we're treated by each other and by women and just by everybody that could be fixed and be made better. But at the same time, once again, like I said, life is going to suck. It's going to suck in different ways for people. So if you're a man and life is hard for you and you feel like you don't have someone to turn to, well, find someone, pray for someone, pray to God because he's there, he's someone, and start getting those problems in order because God's going to give you the people that you need when you need them. And those are going to be the people that you can use to help sorting those things out. Once you've sorted those things out, once you've gotten rid of the negative, because I feel that you should get rid of the negative before you should focus on bringing positives in so you don't have a full plate. I wouldn't say get a, you know, don't get a bowl of ice cream and then put a salad on top of it. Get rid of the ice cream and then put salad in the bowl. That's a nice analogy. That was a good analogy. Good job on me. But put salad in the bowl so that you've gotten rid of the negative. It's no longer there and you can focus fully on bettering your positives. Of course, there are plenty of positive things that you can implement that in turn also get rid of negatives. But if you can do one or the other, say you have a problem with lust versus love because those are two opposites. Obviously, the way to get rid of lust is by implementing love. But I'm saying you have to, you can't just start focusing on how to love and then continue to have lust in your life because those two are going to fight. You can't continue to let things like the porn industry cripple you 
and then also try and focus on love. You have to get rid of the the evil first before focusing on the good. Because if you're focusing on two things at once, the evil's going to win because you know the whole spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So that's something that you should be focusing on is getting rid of the fleshly desires and the earthly desires and the worldly lust and the just everything that it throws at you and focus and then after that start focusing on getting better at the the good counterpart the righteous counterpart so obviously in order to defeat an evil you have to implement a good but don't start trying to focus on making a good better or perfecting that good until you've entirely just gotten rid of whatever the evil is to the farthest point that you can like obviously i still struggle with lust i'm a man um, and I feel that it's it's pretty much a fact that men are going to struggle with it more, especially considering how daggum visual we are and how it's just projecting on us to do certain things and to be and to like see things as in a different way. And it takes a lot more self-control, but building up self-control and building up love and seeing it from a new perspective and starting to build up respect. Don't go and try and perfect those, but get rid of the evil first and then you'll start seeing that perfecting it is so much easier to do so that's kind of uh where i think we should start as as men is that we should start taking away the evils uh by implementing good but don't focus on perfecting the good until you've entirely gotten rid of the evil to the farthest point as you can obviously you're still going to have screw-ups obviously you can't fully get rid of evil because the world is an evil place you're you have evil in you because you have sin it's part of your nature but you can still take it to such a point of minuscule minuscuity minuscuity and make it such a small construct such a small piece of your life that it's practically unnoticeable and though it's unnoticeable you still can keep it in check because you're not ignorant to the fact it's just become you've just perfected or maybe not perfected but you've just become such a master in the art of getting to a point where you don't have those same struggles as you did that it's just practically not there at all and then you can start working on perfecting the good habits that you initiated. So obviously, if you want to stop being lazy, the best way to stop being lazy is to start adding self-discipline and by making yourself do the hard things. But you can't go and perfect those until you've gotten rid of every last bit of the laziness. And once again, you can't entirely get rid of laziness. It's an evil. But you can still worked so far and that's where the perfecting sort of comes in like as you work in a good habit the evil is going to dissipate but you should focus on destroying that evil uh and then once you've destroyed that evil to the point where it's unnoticeable that's when you start adding extra into your life into that self-discipline and that strong will that you build up in the self-control that you have and just bring it to a point where that's all people can see let people see the good never 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 become good at something for your own glory never be good at something because you're going to get praise never become good at something because that's what people want to see do it because that's what god calls us to do but also do it just because it's going to make you a better person in general and it's going to make life less miserable it's going to add to your strength and your capability it's going to progress us as a society and it's going to make it easier to talk to others and it's going to eliminate the way that you you know see women it's going to make things so that you don't hold viewpoints in life that are victimizing and it's going to make you feel a lot stronger you're going to become a lot more confident and comfortable and that's where life is just going to become a big benefit and the more you push it to do it all for the glory of god the more he's going to bless you and the more he's going to uh bring you and have you chase him and pursue him and therefore it's just this never-ending cycle of getting better so you just have to take those kind of baby steps at first and then you can start taking you know, you go from crawling to a walk and from a walk to a run. But those are the things that uh, men in America need to be. And those are the things that will attract women because that's just how God's made us. He's made it so that the good in men will be attractive to the good 
uh, the good in women, quote unquote. Like, if a woman, obviously, there's plenty of women and men out there that just despise what good masculinity is or what masculinity is as a whole, because masculinity obtains leadership and therefore calls others to be humble and submit to that leadership and they don't want to do that so they call it out as this bad thing so those who are willing to submit and those that uh, understand what masculinity is and how it's needed and how it's something that's been set in place by God those will be the people that you need to have in your life and those will be the people that would find it attractive uh, so those are the that's the person you need to be you need to be someone who's strong you need to be someone who's wise you need to be someone who learns from their mistakes but don't just learn from your mistakes learn from others mistakes that's like the the second most dangerous person in in the world is someone who doesn't learn from their mistakes and then the first is someone that doesn't only learn from their mistakes but learns from the mistakes of others as well uh which is kind of what i mean in the sense of i judge people and i judge relationships and stuff like that i i take the good from it and then i take the bad from it and i see how i, I kind of evaluate it and then i try and implement it into my life so that i can live by an example just in any sense not just in like relationships or whatever just in any sense of acting with other people and just acting in general when i see evil i say that okay i don't need to do that because it's going to have a negative consequence for myself and others and it's not going to bring glory to god and when i see something that brings out a positive um brings out a positive and is done uh with humility and someone does something for the better good and they do it for the glory of god then i see that i need to implement that into my life so i can better myself and i can do it for the glory of god and i don't have that negative consequence that would happen if i didn't do it so within that, it's kind of almost, I feel that that's what wisdom, or no, I know what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowledge and experience, but you don't always have to experience everything if you can see it, see other people experiencing it. And if you can have a versatile perspective where you can see things from other people's point of view and you can see how it affects them and you can empathize in that certain way, that's where you can learn how to do it this to at least the same level if not better than they did and you can just work on perfecting it and you can implement those good things in your life so as a man i think you should be able to hold different perspectives have a versatile perspective and use it to make yourself wiser and i guess as i say live more life you know that what right they say yeah they're like someone's lived a lot of life that means they're like wise or smart or whatever like Live more life without actually having to live it. Like, I definitely say that probably 80% of what I know is based off of events that have happened to me or because of me or just with me present, um, which is probably, I think I probably grew up a little bit quicker than most people. Probably said that before. Um, just because of the way I was raised or the things that I was subject to as a child. And then within the other 20% was just how I saw other people react, how I saw my parents react towards each other. And I started like, it was kind of funny because I started seeing how my parents like argued as a kid or acted towards each other. And whenever there was an argument, I kind of just started picking at their logic and then would like discuss it with myself. And I'd almost, I didn't become like the therapist or anything, but as I got older, I sort of kind of like would mention stuff to either one of them. And they'd be like, Oh, so like, what about this? It's like, how do you feel about this about dad? Or how do you feel about this about mom? And then whenever they like, I actually, I don't, I'm not saying it was me whatsoever, but I feel like I could have played some sort of small part in the sense that I saw their arguing become more defined to focusing on what the issue is rather than getting mad at each other and like putting a better perspective as to neither one of them are actually the enemy but it takes like patience to be in an argument because arguing isn't bad and conflict isn't bad it's uh it's not the confrontation it's combat that's bad that's not what you want you want but conflict is different confrontation is different it's where you're trying to fix an issue but the issue isn't your spouse maybe it's what they do or and maybe it's what you do but your goal is to make life less miserable and you're not supposed to be trying to correct others or critique them to the point where you should uh, or at the same level that you are uh, critiquing and trying to better yourself like you should be looking at yourself and seeing, okay, what can I do to make this better? And then you critique others, obviously, you critique your spouse or 
the people that are around you that you hold whatever kind of relationship with. And then you say, okay, how can we make this better? And if there's someone that actually loves you and also wants to be better and someone worth being around, and they'll also put the same effort in to critique you and to tell you how they feel and try and listen out to how you feel. And they'll be supportive of how you want things to go. And they'll call you out when you do things wrong. And then they're going to help you make life less miserable. And though those things are uncomfortable and we see them as negatives, they're not critiquing someone or arguing with someone or creating conflict is not an issue whatsoever. Those are, that's where you start to refine the, you know, refine the silver. That's where you start to heat it up and purify it. So you can just get rid of every evil that's out there in whatever sense it is. And you don't look at the other person as if they're the issue, but maybe they caused the issue. Maybe you caused the issue. Maybe someone got hurt because of it, but that's where having a versatile perspective comes in. Because if you can see it from the other person's side of things, then you can better understand it. If you can like take five daggum seconds that's right i said daggum three times now because i just mentioned how i said it but i'm just putting emphasis and everybody calls me out on saying daggum nowadays but that's four no okay anywho anywho before i distract myself too far if you can take those five seconds and honestly i I mean that quite literally to just think about where the other person sees you and how they're probably not coming after you so you don't need to be defensive but they're coming after an issue and they see an issue they're not trying to make you feel bad and they don't think that you have to be perfect and you shouldn't think that you have to be perfect and you shouldn't just try and give yourself a moral high ground you should be able to take a step back and think okay what am i doing that could be perceived as wrong what am i doing that is wrong what could i be doing to make this go smoother while we debate and critique each other what can i do to make myself better and make myself less miserable of a person to be around because the less miserable of a person to be around the less arguments you have to you know suffer through and the less hard things you have to do because you've critiqued yourself to where nobody actually finds those things wrong with you and they come and ask you for advice rather than telling you how you need to fix yourself so if you can start listening to what other people have to say about you yeah they might be insulting you yeah they might be telling you something that hurts you but maybe it's true maybe it's something that you need to start looking into yourself for be humble and take someone else's perspective and understand that most of the time especially if it's someone who loves you and supports you and wants you to be better they're probably not doing it to hurt your feelings they're probably not doing it out of hatred they just see something and though they may seem angry it's probably something that infuriated them maybe their patience has run out because you've just done it too much maybe you both need to work on patience altogether There's so many defining factors and it's such a subjective way to just get better because no one person is like another. We're all unique and although we all have these traits that we can all share with each other, it's something that we have to, especially as men and as the leaders, we need to be setting the example by looking into what other people might see or at least trying to look at ourselves and saying, okay, what can I do that makes me better? Maybe I'm not doing something wrong, but maybe I could be doing something good that's better maybe it's not that i'm or maybe it's not what i'm doing but maybe what it's it's what i'm not doing or maybe it's not what i'm not doing but it's what i'm doing and you just kind of look and you find the little specks that are there and the little little blotches and the little blemishes and you just start to pick them out and the more you pick them out the better you become and the better people are around you because they're happier because you are have become a better person and now everybody enjoys your company no one hates you anymore because you finally worked out yourself as a man to become better and now people enjoy you and you're not being arrogant about how you've become better because you notice that you're not perfect and that you still have these flaws but you're still just picking them out because you'll never be perfect but if you were perfect then what would you have to strive for what would you be What would you be getting better at? Nothing, because you'd be perfect. So use the flaws as motivation. Use the failures that you have as motivation because it's something else you get to fix. Us as humans are the only creatures on this planet that uh, better, or what's the word, prefer the pursuit of happiness more than the actual obtaining of the quote-unquote happiness. I don't necessarily mean happiness as in the emotion. I mean Obtaining the goal versus pursuing the goal. We're the only creatures that prefer the pursuant, the pursuing, pursuing, the pursuement. You, you get what I mean? Prefer pursuing the goal over actually having the goal. So 
that just gives you more reason to better yourself and more reason to see that the flaws in your life, yes, they are bad in themselves, but it's not going to make you any less than other, someone else to have flaws. It just gives you reason to make yourself better and to make yourself uh, more likable with people. And then once you do that, and once you start exemplifying them, people are going to want you to teach them, especially if you're humble and you're not arrogant and cocky within it, because they see you as some. they're going to start seeing you as someone that they can turn to because they don't feel that you're going to judge them negatively. They aren't going to feel, uh, they're not going to feel hated. They're not going to feel judged. They're going to feel loved by you. And they're going to want to come to you because they see that you've perfected and that you're living out the things that you say. And now they want to do it because they want to become better because maybe they're hated. Maybe they hate themselves. Maybe they see all these things in life that are just miserable and, they see that you've become content and that you've learned self-discipline. They see you as a man have become a good leader. Now they want to do this such, whether it's a woman who's looking for someone or looking for a man as a spouse or just as a person to lead uh, them to uh, enjoy life better because that's, once again, just how we're biologically and emotionally designed uh, or it's going to be a younger man or a peer or maybe even someone older than you that just sees that you figured something out that they didn't quite figure out. And if they have the humility or if they just have strong enough desire, they'll walk up to you and ask you, hey, how did you do that? Or, hey, how could I implement that into my life? How can I make myself better so that I'm a better man? So if you are a younger man or if you are a man who lacks experience in some field of, I guess, masculinity, Look for a man who you see exemplify and teach what you want to achieve. And maybe see someone that has something that you don't have and you ask him, how did he obtain it? And then you pray about it and then you study it and then you practice it. And the more you practice it, whether you do it perfectly or not, isn't a, a, a defining factor whatsoever because once again, you'll never be perfect, but that just means you have infinite room for improvement. So you can always get better. So you can always have the thought that you're always pursuing something. Once you obtain it, you can pursue the next thing. That's how like dopamine works. That's how Instagram and TikTok and YouTube all works. It's just like, okay, you don't actually care about that TikTok. You just care about what's next that's going to entertain you. That's how they get you with like just a little bit of suspense. That's what the dopamine does. So when you're pursuing a goal, when you're making yourself better, you're just adding a little bit of suspense of what will I obtain once I've finished this. So if you can continuously put the self-control and the self-discipline into your mindset so that you have constant motivation for that desire of when will I obtain this and how is it going to affect me at the end of it, then you will in fact become a better man. Whether or not other people see it as that isn't really a big factor because there will be someone that sees it. At least I'll see it. God will see it and he'll see that and he'll bless you for your glorification of him and for your commitment to him and for your commitment to making yourself better and less evil and trying to make life better for yourself and others and once you start taking away things like your pride and your ego and you just help others rather instead i feel like the best way to start getting better at things is by helping others and start focusing on others because if you start focusing on others and the sense of how can you make their life better then you're going to just start seeing yourself get better at things and you're going to start seeing yourself a more content person because that's what christ did christ was a servant to others and that's what you should be you shouldn't be doing things out of your own desire and ego and flattering people for your own advantage you should be willing to help others and willing to be humble and give others the moral high ground so that they can feel appreciated and so that they can feel loved and so they can feel capable. And then once you have them in that place, you should start teaching them and you should start living so that they can desire to have what you have because you worked your butt off to go and obtain the contentment and the self-discipline and the strength that you've built up and they desire all those things but once you uh, have those things then you have to start perfecting them and once they have those things you need to teach them on how to perfect them so start perfecting yourself first see everything that's wrong in you and then get rid of it write it down uh, record yourself in an audio tape daily as just what you found wrong with yourself and how you're going to fix it but also 
point out what you see in yourself that you appreciate and that you just want to start perfecting because those are the things in life that you need the most is to just have positives that get rid of the negatives and once you've perfected them then you don't have to worry about the negatives coming in but the thing like I've said at the same time you'll never perfect them so you should always have that concern not worry or anxiety but a concern and a want to keep away from the evils that can come up and get you and it's when you're not on your guard and when you think that you have everything finally put together that Satan will come and knock you off your feet so you need to also have a guard up so as a man capability is being able to have a versatile perspective so that you're able to relate with others and share empathy and be loving and humble so that you can teach others it's having strength whether it's within confidence or within a physical attribute of being able to endure a lot of pain or endure a lot of hardship or to lift you know heavy objects uh, whether it's being able to be brave and even if you're scared to do something, you just do it with a straight face and you don't allow anybody to know that you're afraid because as a man, you're a leader. And if you're showing fear, then everybody else is going to reciprocate that. But if you show courage and confidence and even express that you're scared, but you're still going to do it because you just have a stronger desire to get the end goal rather than um, not suffer the hardship that could come from it or the suffrage that will be brought upon you for it then everyone else will also reciprocate that uh and then what was the third attribute that i came across the third one being well i guess it's kind of it's really just kind of those two one's capability and then the other is showing that capability so as a man you need to make yourself build yourself up in the highest term of capability there is the highest level of capability and then once you've done that in every aspect of your life you need to start living it out entirely and completely in every sense uh and then so others can see it and then you need to be willing to show others so that they can also have that capability and it just becomes this big pyramid scheme of just everybody getting better but if everybody can start seeing everything that's evil in them and they just start eliminating it don't use it as something negative like oh no i'm imperfect oh no people aren't gonna like me or they don't like me because i have all these flaws look at the flaws and get rid of them you don't know how to get rid of them? Ask. Ask other people what they don't like about you. Ask them for two good things that they that they think you're just amazing at. And then ask them for three to four things of things that they want you to get better at that they don't like about you. And once they list those things, be happy that they've exalted you for the good that you bring. And then f- uh, be happy that they've told you and called you out on the things that they dislike about you and if those are things that don't go against the bible then start working on making them better work on making yourself more likable because and not in the sense of like earthly likable but make yourself a better man so that people see you as someone that they want to be in themselves so be someone that glorifies god and make other people want to glorify god too you can't choose your desires and you can't choose other people's desires but you can influence both of them and god will help you in that and god can force your desires so the stronger those desires grow the more they go towards the spirit and towards heaven and towards god and towards the word the more you're going to be able to withstand against temptations and the more you're going to be able to stand against fear and anxiety and victimization and all the hardships you go through and you're going to finally start seeing this masculinity and this absence of weakness and you're going to understand that strength isn't something that you just innately have it's something that is bestowed upon you in terms of your position but it's not something that you just have in its most perfect form that it's something you always have to get better at and obviously one day you're no longer going to be able to mentally function to the capability you could and your muscles are going to deteriorate but you still have all those experiences and so the people that do have the prime physique of their life and they still have their full mental capacity you can start teaching them uh younger so that they know about it by the time they get to their prime and then society progresses as a whole and we're all glorifying god and we don't have to worry about these wars to make us tougher and we don't have to worry about hard times we can just put the hard times on ourselves in controlled amounts and within intentional amounts so that we are just getting better all together oh excuse me without a evil coming in for us to fight and i think that's about it so if you're a man 
I think, at least in my opinion, I would say if you're a man, chase that. And if you're a woman, look for a man who chases that. And I can't give a full summary on like what you should do as a woman because I'm not really a woman. I haven't studied into just what a woman should do. But if you're a woman, that's something you should do. You should respect a man like that. You should be willing to submit to a man like that. And obviously a man should be loving towards you. And he should also have a mutual but different kind of respect for you where he's willing to protect you. You should chase a man that is going to love you and isn't going to disrespect you and isn't going to look at you lustfully. Look, don't just, don't ever hold an expectation for what a man is to be. Don't ever, and I mean that in the sense of like what they're going to look like or how they're going to act specifically because no man is a Prince Charming perfect guy, but you should look for the people that are chasing them, the the goal of in, better integrity and better self-discipline and better strength and chasing all these godly attributes. That should be a, a qualification that they have to go through, a hurdle they have to jump to in order to have you because uh, to, a, to a degree, I would say women are a prize and men are to pursue them that's why you know women the whole okay so this is kind of an ideology that i don't entirely agree with so you'll just have to hear me out but they they always talk about like if a man sleeps with a bunch of women you know he's seen as a stud and he's seen as like you know the chad and he's the alpha whatever but if a woman does it then it's entirely negative and that's for the sense that women are the ones that we see in society as the ones that are to be pursued that's because you know they're seen as beautiful they're seen as desirable they're seen as almost just a necessity in life because women are very important they keep men in place to a degree because they counteract or maybe counterbalance what men have or what men don't have by what they have and so they make an amazing team once paired together especially through marriage so um, women are to be pursued, but don't just settle for any guy. You need to have a high standard of that. A man needs to be perfecting himself. So don't expect a man to be perfect and don't expect a man or, but don't allow a man who's not chasing perfection to be the guy that you settle for. Like don't ever settle for someone who is perfectly fine with being imperfect in the sense that they don't want to get better. Like I'm not satisfied with being imperfect. And as I know, and I'm also not going to be demeaning towards myself for never actually going to be perfect. But I mean that I don't mean it in the sense that I'm never going to be content and I'm always just going to hate myself because I'm imperfect. But I mean it in the sense that I'm always going to try and get better and go back to the whole saying of never enough, never going to be enough because I always have something to get better at. So I'm content in the fact that I'm imperfect and I know that I'm not going to ever be perfect, but I'm not content in where I'm at because I know I can be better. Because even if it's just 1% a day, that's 365% by the end of the year. Even if it's a 10th of a percent every day, that's uh, 365% every decade plus I guess a few leap day or three through leap years in there so you will be progressing just progress just move forward do something that makes you a little bit better because in the broad span of things as long as you can die and be satisfied in what you did and know that it glorified God and know that you did what he called you to do then you're perfectly fine. As long as you know that you are progressing and that you didn't settle with what you were in that one last moment, then that is, you're, you're going to be perfectly fine. I feel that that's a way or that I could die uh, like a quote unquote, like happy man if I didn't have, or if I like were to die today knowing what I've done so far. Uh, but while I'm still alive, I'm not content. So if I'm dead, if I do die, then I will be content with what I did because I've pushed myself to a limit pretty much every day of my life or I've been pushed to a limit of making myself better. But for every day that I'm alive, I am not content with where I'm at because I have somewhere better that I can be and I'm going to go chase that one instead. Not saying that I'm going to be discontent if I don't see the progress immediately or that I make mistakes, but I'm not going to allow it to make me comfortable. I'm not going to be comfortable. I might be I might be content in my imperfection, but I'm not comfortable with it. Or maybe I'm comfortable with it, but I'm not content with it. I guess you get the point. It's just get better. That's the goal. Just as a man, get better. As a woman, get better. As a person, get better. Don't settle for someone that isn't also trying to get better and isn't going to better you. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't let other people's characteristics or opinions define you that's up to you 
Uh, don't go looking for someone else that you think can be perfect. In fact, don't really go looking for someone else at all. If God wants you to be with someone, if God wants you married, which he does with practically 99% of the population, he calls people to be single. But if he wants you to be married and to those people that he is calling to be married, he will bring that person to you. And that's someone that that's his job. It's divine appointment. That's something he's going to handle. And if you desire a husband or a wife or whatever, then pray, ask him about it, see where he can bring you wisdom and contentment and patience and all that. But focus on making yourself a better person. Cause as you make yourself a better man or a better woman, you'll make yourself a better potential husband or wife. So focus on being, you know, a good son or daughter first. Focus on making yourself perfect. Stop worrying about maybe what your parents think about you or how they've messed up or maybe how your siblings mess up or how other people act. Start focusing on you, yourself, and, oh, you can't really say you, yourself, and whatever else like he can, me, myself, and I, but you get the point. Just focus on you. Focus on how you can critique yourself to make yourself better and more of a desirable and loving person and someone that other people will look up to, but not for the purpose of your glory, but do it for God's glory. And I think that's about it. You know, I've talked for almost an hour. I swear podcasting is the new time traveling because, well, I don't know. I just start talking and the rants just carry on. But I hope I've said something that strikes somebody as wise. I hope what I've said is willing or isn't willing, is worthy of what God's calling is. And I hope that I'm helping somewhat and I'm just being discerning in what I say. But um, I'm praying for everybody that's listening to this. I'm praying for everybody that's not listening to this. Please enjoy your morning, night, afternoon, whatever you're listening to this at whatever time. Um, As always, do what makes you happy and what glorifies God. But if you do the second, then you don't have to worry about the first. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all the street noise and background noises, yada, yada, yada. Uh, We're back to what we had in the first episode of ATR as as our theme or whatever. We'll start coming up with more stuff. I just need a bunch of... If if you happen to be a music producer, let me know. If you know anybody, eh, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm going to Nashville this weekend, so there's that. But that's I'll save that for next week's episode. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I enjoyed this topic. So I hope this one was more coherent and better and more insightful or just gave new information than the last one did. And until then, I will see you guys later. Goodbye. That's right. I kissed the microphone.